Good morning. This is Glenn Andrews of Books and Iron. It is October 4th, 2020. It is a Sunday. It is approximately 10.30 a.m. in the morning. (laughs) The most segregated or integrated day of the week if you're either in church or used to be getting ready to go tailgate and watch some NFL but things have changed COVID-19 has still has things in disarray and uh, oddly enough the first presidential debate kind of put things in context or gives more uncertainty and so these last four or five days thinking about what I wanted to say this Sunday because uh, I've come to understand in this world on this planet as human beings as those of us who are responsible accountable understand dignity understand discipline understand honor you are either part of the problem or part of the solution having said that there's some of us which I call the 2% and not based on capital or wealth but just based on how we wake up when the sun rise or waking up and getting getting after it before the sun rise learning how to forgive and forget because I'm still working on it and uh, I'm going to give you a short story and then I'm going to bring it to the present right after just, as, just after I graduated from high school I had got hurt playing football and new professional sports was not going to be in my in my future. I still probably could have played baseball. Who 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 knows back then, eighties, mid eighties, late eighties, what they could do from a pharmaceutical medicinal point standpoint with my left shoulder and and my collarbone, because I had a bruised collarbone and had nerve damage. So it kind of messed up the way I played football because I played football like Dick Buckus, like uh, Dion, like all the Deacon Jones, you know, Carl Eller, Alan Page, some of the old guys, some of these Minnesota Vikings and, and old Chicago Bears. And I just played, I played the game the old style way, like the, the Oklahoma drill. So anyway, was just getting out of high school and uh, I got my mom was able to some nepotism got me a a job or got me an opening to a job working for the San Diego County and working for the Department of Health Services at the time and got in uh, was helping would help folks out in the kitchen as far as cleaning and prepping food for the hospital and it was like a, a a hospital for folks who couldn't get normal health care as well as anybody who had any mental issues or physical issues as well as family or individuals who didn't have family that could help them or had insurance so the county took care of them and 
the job was helping wash dishes, help prep food. And then later on, I was able to get into a position of supply chain logistics where I ordered all the supplies for the hospital. And that was everything from paper to insure. And this was between the ages of 16, 17 and 22. And during this time, I was in junior college. But there was one individual there who was one of the head chefs, head cooks. And he basically, I was about mm, between the ages between 16 and 20 something at that time. And this was an older guy in his 40s or 50s. So the way I was raised, I always gave adults their respect as sir, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. And just, I was just raised with a little bit of etiquette, with a lot of bit of etiquette, I should say. But this particular individual was rude, nasty, and he was just nasty to everybody. And there was some some times where he crossed my path and he was just, just rude and nasty. And me being a young guy, and I think this was probably my second job because I had worked I was working fast food and got this gig with benefits. And, you know, it just bothered me because at that time I was really, really on this, probably the getting really into the weightlifting even more. I was really getting into great shape, Uh, had always took martial arts, but I was always respectful of folks and knew what I could do. And so I always took the the high road and listened to my dad and what he told me and my brothers with, with all that we had gone through living in a difficult part of town and then moving into a nicer area it's like Glenn what you and your brother can do sometimes you guys gotta figure out how to walk away if your life ain't in jeopardy if if your pride in your manhood ain't being challenged if it's some some silly shit just learn how to walk away sometimes and my dad told me this almost 30 something years ago which is is ironic that it comes back to me it's, it it comes back to me in this day and age 2020 and also that we have a lot of young men who don't have dads where i had my dad who told me and my brother this so with this individual that that I work with, you know, cross paths with everybody, rude to everybody, nasty to everybody, talk crazy to everybody, and he had a couple little couple little racial slurs. He let get up, kind of slide out, and didn't think I heard it. And I heard him. I went home that day. I had by that time I had just I think I had just moved out and got my apartment, and. Went over to my mom's and my mom, she she kind of almost worked the same hours I did. So I went over to my mom, my parents' house, and sitting there, and they was sitting there and just telling her all that was that's taking place because she was asking me how the job was going, and I was telling her about this individual, and she was just like, you know what, just keep quiet, don't say anything, you know, let them folks whatever, 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 but just, you know, you do your job, be there on time. If your lunch is an hour, you take 58 minutes, be where you need to be. It's time to go to work and you just keep your mouth closed. And I've kind of kept that in mind all my life throughout job and career and even in entrepreneurship, but also just on a professional level and a personal level, not having some tact, sometimes saying saying some things that could be said, but what would it solve and learning that? And so 
at this time in the beginning of my employment career and being just a young guy and dealing with an individual who is basically unprofessional and rude and he was a racist ass he hate just this one time he just crossed and said a whole bunch of stuff to me and I let him know that uh, he could be served on a platter and six will carry him out of this place and I was getting ready to let him have it and they grabbed me and stopped me and he took off the other way running like a coward bully like I thought he was I didn't go to work for two or three days. I got called by the union to ask me, Glenn, what had taken place. And I, and I just, and they already knew he had been a problem with, a, with everybody in there, just causing problems. And he was just an unhappy individual. And you have a bunch of unhappy individuals on this planet who have been allowed to run amok. And there's just too many of them. I don't know what you should do with them. But it's sad that you have these individuals who are unhappy, who come in contact with other individuals and make the environment and the community and the workplace and probably even some homes just just terrible. And so he, I left, didn't come to work for a while. I don't know if he, what he did or didn't do, end up talking to the union because we were, we were a union. The county is in the union, state federal union job and they asked me what took place and I told him I told him straight up I'm about to kick his ass I ain't about to had enough of him I saw what he's done to other people and how he's talked to other folks men and women and I knew one day me and him was going to cross paths and we crossed paths twice the first time I let it go the second time I wasn't going to let it go I was going to make sure that he was going to be carried out on the stretcher luckily I didn't. they didn't let me get a, get a hold to him and so he ended up being suspended and then come to find out they end up going ahead and terminating him. And so that was, that's, that's what happened with him. I went on, worked, went on with the job, ended up getting promoted to the department of social services. And then in, the, in that position, just, it literally was just handling nothing but office supplies uh, every year, new equipment, new office equipment, setting up offices. If a new office was was being built, uh, do the find out how much everything costs shipping wise, warranty, who would put deliver the stuff. And just I just had a supply. It was my beginning supply chain logistic type job before I even knew what supply chain and logistics was. And uh, it was cool. It was cool. While I had transferred from health services to Department of Social Services, uh, I was working in Santee, California, and ended up moving closer into University Avenue. And this is in San Diego, California. And the Department of Social Services was not too far from San Diego State. So I was no longer going out to Santee. I was about 15 minutes from the house. But I still would go out to go out to the hospital and visit folks, visit uh, Mrs. Claire Beatty, a.k.a. because she did a letter for me to go to Morehouse. That's another story. As well as Joe Bonilla, who did a letter for me, who also worked for the county, to allow me to furlough my job for a year for me to go to Morehouse and or go to college, go to undergraduate undergraduate college and he let me furlough my job for a year and if it didn't didn't work out and I wanted to come back I still had a job back in California so I, I big shout out to Joe Bonilla uh, and Miss Claire Beatty I'm 50 now so 30 
they're probably in their 70s or 80s by now. You know, I hope to one day get hopefully here soon. COVID got this thing all thrown up to get out to California and go see Joe. Back then, his daughter was playing softball, which was, was real cool. And I was helping her with that. And uh, Miss Claire Beatty, a.k.a. She's she's one of the senior board members in the a.k.a. So that's uh, that's real cool as well. But come to find out with this individual, as time had passed, uh, I went on the Department of Social Services. He got moved somewhere else in health services and come to find out he had ended up passing away. And one of the things the county do and did when someone passed away was they would get flowers and a card and, you know, for folks to pay their condolences and pay their respects and so on and so forth. And when I heard that he had died and the card was being passed around, I was about... 20 or so and hadn't 20 or so and getting ready to head this way to come to school I didn't sign the card I didn't sign the card I didn't pay no respects and I really had no condolences for him I don't know who his family was or anything about it I didn't want to have nothing to do with it because I had established a long time ago there's birth there's life there's death there's birth and it's that dash and in that dash you can either be part of the problem or part of the solution you can be an asset to people and your community and those around you or you can be a liability you can be the reason why uh, millions of folks can be unhappy or you can be the reason why everyone is in your home is unhappy and if that's the way you live and you went to your grave to your demise being that kind of individual I ain't signing your car I have no condolences for you I have no rest in peace for you. I have no rest and honor for you. Because if you did dirt on this planet, you're doing dirt in hell. And that's just the way I feel. I've been like that since I was 16 years old. I've seen some folks do some evil shit. I've seen some folks do some great things as well. And when you do evil on this planet and your number get called, you take that shit with you. And those of us on this planet who try to do good, who try to do right, right thing, me personally, I won't be signing your card. I won't be saying prayers for you. I'm going to think about you as you live the same way as you have died. That brings me to 2020, October 4th. I don't know what's true or what's not true when you watch the news and you read the internet and everything that is said or what you can read in between the lines. But what I do know, racism does exist. That I do know. Sexism does exist. Men could do what they want to do. I am a man. 
men could do what they have, have done and, and damn near can do what they want to do. And depending on how much money and who they know can get away with a lot of bullshit. Then there's classism. If you have money and a network and an attorney and know someone which is in the network, you can get away with a lot of bullshit. And, and that ain't even up for argument. So sexism, racism, classism exists. You had an individual who failed to do or move quickly on what this country and what this world required of a leader to direct his people. And now that individual is suffering from the same illness that has taken away over 200,000 people. I just told you the story about that individual that crossed me. I'm watching a country right now where as fearless as I am, I have a concern for my son and my daughter. Just just in their normal day of task, going to Starbucks, going to a grocery store, going to school, going to work, coming home from work, stopping at a gas station, going to a Versace store. My son just had some repairs made to the Impala. We bought him an Impala. My daughter, we bought her a Jeep. As a matter of fact, he had a front front light out or something earlier this year, and we got that fixed. We have an environment and an atmosphere that is divisive. And we have an individual who has not created the needle and thread, the band-aid, the patch, or the policy to minimize that divide. So it's in God's hands. I'm not a real religious person, but I'm definitely a spiritual person. And I don't know if this is karma, yin and yang, or whatever it is. I don't know if it's a hoax. But I don't forgive and I don't forget. I'm concerned about my son and daughter. I'm concerned about all sons and daughter. All sons and daughters. I have a concern about all sons and daughters. Because kids should be out riding bicycles, studying in college, figuring out what they want to be. We have all this new technology. 
we have this 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 new entrepreneurial spirit this this internet that's getting faster brighter smarter which we need to watch out for that because big brother is doing something and we used to think big brother was the government i now think big brother is technology and some of these folks at silicon valley and wherever else they may be hidden or hiding sitting behind a bunch of servers doing what they do You had an individual who mocked a handicapped reporter several years ago. You had an individual that talked about grabbing women by their vaginas. You had an individual who said it was good people while he ran, while these individuals ran over folks. Uniform may have changed, the uniform may have changed, but the uniform is no different than the uniform if you go back and look at the pictures of Emmett Till's court proceedings and thereafter the pick Nicks. Look up the definition of pick Nick. You'll be surprised. I don't use the word picnic. So no, there will be no forgive. There will be no forget. Looking for, I was looking forward to my kids going to school and just enjoying their college years and not having to worry about Individuals wearing red hats seeing MAGA. So now I got to be concerned about foolishness from cowards and worms. So no, no forgiveness, no forget. It is what it is. It's in God's hands. There's always been uncertainty. Uncertainty goes along with the line, tomorrow's not promised to you. I don't know if it was last week that I talked about it and the thoughts I had. Tomorrow may not be promised to you, but at least I think you got a second, maybe even a minute, maybe even five minutes. That might be tops, maybe 30. The human body is kind of based on a rhythm kind of based on the heartbeat 50 what 38 now I'll say 40 to 60 beats per minute at rest and approximately 85 90 to 185 if you are exerting yourself so let's say you, you at least have a minute that your heart your heart beats so within that minute, think about the decisions you make. Think about who you are. Think about where you are. Think about what you are. Think about what you say and what you type on keyboards, 
what you say to people, what you say to your family, your kids, if you have kids, what you say to your girlfriend, your significant others, what you say to your neighbors. What do you say when you look in the mirror? (laughs) Do you even tell the truth? Or your truth, which may lack logic, do you tell yourself that in the mirror? Do you sell yourself that story? There's uncertainty, but there is some things that are certain. There are some things that are certain. (laughs) Everybody got the same destination. That dash is uncertain. That end point, that's certain. That's all. That will be all I will say about the current conditions, current situation. October, November, December is the fourth quarter of a business cycle. Depending on if it's a fiscal year, it wouldn't be if it's a fiscal year or a calendar year. I used to know all that. I don't keep track of that stuff anymore. It used to be July, June to July, June the next year for most government entities uh this is the third quarter gonna take 2020 on out who knows what 2021 is going to bring i'll definitely be voting uh, i see some of my neighbors got trump signs in in the yard okay there's no signs in my yard there's no no one no one knows what I'm going to do, how I'm going to do it, who I'm going to vote for. That's no one's business. I call it the higher calling. I have a higher calling. I've always had a higher way of moving. Now I got a higher calling. So I'm not concerned with uncertainty. Uncertainty has always been here. Because you can't predict tomorrow. You can statistically, from a probability standpoint, put yourself in the best position. And that's what you should do. That's what every human being should do. And they should not keep another human being from doing the same thing. And that's where we are. So, we're going to call this one Uncertainty and Certainty. I ain't forgiving and I ain't forgetting. I'm just going to keep it moving with the higher calling. Glenn Andrews, Books and Iron, signing out.